0: You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition.
1: Most Christians struggle with the basics. We struggle, is God hearing me? Is God listening? Is he answering my prayer? Is there a reason I'm not getting answers? Why is God not working on my behalf? We struggle in the place of prayer. Have you noticed when you get down on your knees in the place of prayer, a million things happen to distract you from that time of prayer. The phone rings, the kids cry, the dogs bark ants crawl up your leg, something, phone rings. There's a million interruptions because the devil fears a praying church.
0: In today's message, Pastor Jeff implores you to explore the profound truth of God's answers to prayer. As you dig into today's verses, you'll uncover the assurance that comes from praying according to God's plan. Discover the keys to effective and impactful prayer understanding that when you align your desires with God's, your requests are heard and answered. Get ready to deepen your prayer life, experience the joy of God's responses, and witness the transformative power of seeking His will. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of 1 John chapter 5, as he begins his message, God Answers Prayer.
1: God puts in our hearts the desire to pray, but isn't it funny how when you decide to pray or preach on praying, Everything breaks loose against you. Listen, I'm loaded for bear today. I hope you're ready to receive it. But we get here, the lights fail in my office. It's freezing cold in there. I come out here, my microphone fails. We had to look for another microphone. And I'm sitting here thinking, what's going on? And then it hit me. The devil doesn't want you to hear what you're about to hear. Yeah. I know he doesn't, because we're going to see God move in prayer. So, how many of you want your prayer life to grow? I'm gonna deal today very simply with prayer. I'm not gonna be complicated at all. This message is called God Answers Prayer. How simple is that? God Answers Prayer. Can we say it together? God Answers Prayer. And I'm gonna read to you a simple verse, one of my favorites, 1 John 5, verses 14 and 15. And let me read it to you, then we're gonna dive right into this very simple ABCs of prayer. So here we go. Now, says John, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything, everybody say anything. According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Now, I don't know about you, but that verse tells me there is a certainty to prayer that we can know that God has heard us. So it's, it's, it's not a hope so, maybe so, perhaps so proposition that is prayer, but it's a no-so. I know so. Now, I'm doing this because I feel deep in my heart that God is calling turning point to stronger prayer. I believe that God is calling turning point to ratchet up our prayer ministry. Now, most of us have admitted today, I wish that my prayer life were stronger. But you know, a lot of things happen to your prayer life. I was reading this week on how Abraham And Isaac and Jacob, as they moved through the promised land, the most important thing they could do was dig a well. They had to dig a well. Because if you couldn't get water, you couldn't stay where you were supposed to stay. So when God led them to the promised land, God had to also lead them to water. So they would dig a well. And when they found water, they would announce it, they would have a party, they would celebrate Hey, hallelujah, we found water. That means we can stay. That means we have found a home because no water, you can't stay. But then I read how after Abraham died, the Philistines came and poured dirt into the wells that Abraham had dug and ruined the wells. And the Philistines did that to drive the descendants of Abraham out of the promised land. It was the devil. Philistines have always been a type of the devil. And so they poured water in the well, and that meant, well, we can't stay if there's no water because the wells that my father dug have now been destroyed by the Philistines pouring dirt in them. But it says that Isaac got mad about that, and it says Isaac re-dug the wells his father Abraham had dug, and he named them after the names Abraham had called them. In other words, he said, I'm not going to let the devil take my water from me. Now, here's the deal. Some of you used to have a deep, fulfilling prayer life, and the enemy, one way or another, has poured dirt in the well. And so I'm here to tell you today we're going to redig those wells and get that water of prayer flowing again. Amen? We're going to redig the wells. Now, I'm calling us as a church body to seek the Lord in prayer more fervently than we have maybe ever. Prayer precedes revival. Prayer precedes breakthrough. Prayer precedes awakening. Prayer brings answers, and answers bring glory to God. You know, when a baby is born, the first thing it does is cry. And when a person is born again, the first thing they do is they pray. They cry out to God in prayer. For the believer, prayer is like oxygen, Prayer is as natural for the child of God as breathing. If you're born again, you're praying. It may be in your heart only, but if you're born again, you are praying. Before I was saved in juvenile home as a 16-year-old juvenile delinquent in big time trouble, before I prayed for Jesus to come into my heart, I had not prayed once in my entire life. But the moment that I looked up, the first prayer I ever prayed was the salvation prayer. And when I prayed that salvation prayer, I prayed all the way back to my cell. I prayed once I got into my cell. I prayed after that night forevermore because when I got saved, I got a new daddy. And when I got a new daddy, then I began to talk to him. It's as natural to talk to God, Abba, Father, as it is to breathe for the child of God. Can I have an amen? Come on. Now, I'm gonna begin Uh, Just very basic today, with a very basic understanding, the ABCs of prayer, just to start at the basics, and here's why. I've learned through the years that most people are struggling with the basics. Most Christians struggle with the basics. We struggle, is God hearing me? Is God listening? Is he answering my prayer? Is there a reason I'm not getting answers? Why is God not working on my behalf? We struggle in the place of prayer. Have you noticed when you get down on your knees in the place of prayer, a million things happen to distract you from that time of prayer. The phone rings, the kids cry, the dogs bark, ants crawl up your leg, something. Phone rings. There's a million interruptions because the devil fears a praying church. Can I say that again? The devil. I don't know if you like giving the devil heaven. Since he gives me hell, I like giving him heaven. And he is terrified of a praying church. He doesn't care about a big church. He doesn't care about a rich church. He doesn't care about a great building. He doesn't care about where you're located. But he does care if you're praying. He fears a praying church. So I'm going to deal first today with the ABCs. Just very simple teaching on prayer. So let's look at it. Before we do look at the ABCs of prayer, I'm going to give you a little bit of history. If prayer didn't work, then mankind would have quit praying a very long time ago. If prayer didn't work. But you know what the Bible reveals? People have always prayed. People have always prayed. The Bible tells us that after the murder of Abel by Cain, remember that day? And he probably slit his throat to mock his bringing a blood offering to God that God received. Cain murdered his brother Abel. After Abel was murdered, God gave Adam and Eve another son named Seth, and Seth's descendants became the righteous lineage, where Cain's descendants became the wicked lineage. All the giants, the bad giants, and all of that that we read about in the Bible, that's Cain's descendants. But Seth's descendants became the righteous lineage. Jesus came out of Seth's descendants. Now, the Bible says that during the days of Seth, way back at the beginning of time, during the days of Seth, it says, then men began to call on the name of the Lord. Now, that's the Bible giving us the first recorded prayer. The first recorded prayer is then men, began to call on the name of the Lord. The righteous lineage of Seth began to look up and they began to pray. They began to pray. First record of prayer in the whole Bible, they began to pray, call on the name of the Lord. I love that phrase. I love calling on the name of the Lord. What about you? Calling on the name of the Lord. They began to look up and say, God, we need help. God, we need grace. God, we need strength. God, we need you. They began to pray. Following this beginning... The Bible records 650 prayers to God. Now, since there are 66 books in the Bible, if you run the math, average it out, that's 10 recorded prayers per Bible book. 10 times 66 is 660. There are 650 recorded prayers. So that's just about 10 recorded prayers per Bible book if you average it out. It also records 450 answers to those prayers. The Bible shouts to us that God hears and God answers because out of 650, 450 recorded answers are given to us in the eternal Word of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ was a praying Savior. I counted 25 prayers of His recorded in Scripture. Just what the Bible recorded, 25 prayers of Jesus. Paul the Apostle mentions prayer Prayers, prayer requests, prayer reports, or exhortations to pray 41 times. 41 times. The Bible even describes different prayer postures. You don't have to do any of these. You can pray anytime, anywhere, in your car. There weren't cars back then, so we don't have that praying in your VW. But here's the different postures. The Bible records people prayed sitting. They prayed standing. They prayed kneeling. They prayed bowed with their face to the ground like our sister was a little while ago during worship, came down and bowed with her face to the ground. That's a prayer position the Bible records. It also shows people lifting their hands to pray. Different postures, different strokes for different folks. You can pray anytime, anywhere, in any position. You can pray. If you're down, sick, if something has happened to your body and you can't move, thank God you can still pray. You can still lift up prayers to God. From cover to cover, your Bible, my Bible, is filled with prayer, calls to prayer, exhortations to pray, answers to prayer, and promises about prayer. Amen. Right now, as I speak, there's millions of people around the world that are praying. And you know what? Before I'm done preaching today to you about prayer, God will have answered tens of thousands of their prayers. Our God is constantly listening to the cries of his people around the world and God answers prayer. Can we say it again? God answers prayer. Give him a hand of praise. Come on. Now having said that, then we understand why John wrote that we're to be confident in our praying. Listen to what he says. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now notice he used the word confidence. He didn't say doubt. He didn't say unbelief. He didn't say maybe so, perhaps so, hope so. He said this is the confidence. God wants us confidence in the place of prayer. Now let's be honest. It is not uncommon for Christians, even Christians who have been born again for a very long time, to sometimes struggle in the place of prayer. You have struggled lately and so have I. Various things happen When we try to pray, and sometimes the enemy fills our mind with doubt. Is God really hearing you? Does God really care? Do your prayers really matter? Does this matter to God? Is he listening to you? Or is he off flinging more stars into space and you're not important to him? But the Bible says, according to John, he doesn't want us filled with doubt, he doesn't want us filled with uncertainty, he doesn't want us to have double-minded unbelief about prayer, he wants us to be confident in the place of prayer, confident. Now I want you to notice, confident in what? He says, this is our confidence in him, in him. This is the confidence we have in him. Our confidence in prayer is in him. It's in his character, his faithfulness, his goodness, his reliability. Our confidence is not in results or the lack thereof. Our confidence is in the character of a covenant-keeping, promise-making God. He says, when we pray... When we pray, we're doing it because we are confident in him. You know, a promise is only good, as good as the promise maker. If you've got somebody who's not, who's not faithful, who's not loyal, who never keeps their word and they make you a promise, it doesn't mean anything. You walk away going, well, that's about as good as uh, standing on water and hoping to float. That's not any good. That's not any good. Because I know them. I know their character is shaky and shoddy, and they don't keep their word. So I don't care what they promise me. It doesn't matter. But if somebody who you know has sterling, steel-like character, and they make you a promise, it's not the promise, it's who made it that you stand on. Our confidence in prayer is in him. The ground and the confidence and the foundation of all praying is in the God of the Bible who keeps his word. A lot of years ago, a pizza place called Domino's decided that they were gonna make a promise and they made this promise. If if you call and you order a pizza, we're gonna get it to you in 30 minutes or less or you get it free, We're we're gonna gift it to you. Their phones exploded because here's what happened. People heard a promise. If you call and order a Canadian bacon with pineapples and onions, my favorite, If you call and you give us the address, we're gonna be there in 30 minutes or less, or you get it free. Now, a lot of people were praying they wouldn't make it, but just forget that for a minute. They made a promise. They made a promise. Now, I want you to follow me with this. The people who ordered the pizza, their confidence and faith was not in the delivery guy. No, he's inconsequential. When he gets to the door with the pizza, you don't fall on your face and say, thank you, delivery guy, that you made it. I didn't know if you'd make it or not. No. Our confidence was in the company that made the promise. The guy delivering the pizza is inconsequential. The results are inconsequential. It's the promise maker and the promise they made. We trust Domino's. I know, I ordered a pizza last night. And they got there on the time they told me they would. Now listen, so we trust Domino's. We call. We've got 30 minutes. We set the table. We tell everybody it's coming. We fully expect it. We don't doubt it. We're walking around the house knowing that in 30 minutes or less, the smell of that pizza is going to fill our house. Everybody is salivating, waiting for it, getting your drinks ready, getting the table ready, getting the, 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 the napkins ready, getting all ready to sit down and watch. Not them. What about them... I'll leave that there. But see, we prepare. We prepare for the answer because we fully believe that Domino's is good for their word and the promise they made is the promise they're going to keep and so we are shocked if they don't make it because we believed and trusted in them. So when they arrive, we don't fall on the ground and have a fit, say, Oh my Lord, I didn't think you were going to make it. We were just chewing our nails whether or not you were going to get here. No, they look inside the house and they see that we were fully prepared for them to arrive because we believe the promise maker and the promise the promise maker made. Now, if we can trust dominoes, Come on, everybody. Are you awake today? If we can trust Domino's to come through with their word, then can we not trust the living God who created the heavens and the earth, who is good for his word, who has promised us? I believe his promises because I believe in the promise maker. Give the Lord a hand. Come on, everybody. I believe the promises of God because I believe the God of the promises. I know his character. He is steadfast. He is loyal. He is faithful. He comes through. Listen to some of these promises. God assured Jeremiah, I am watching over my word to perform it. When I give you a word, I watch over it. I follow it. I make sure that it comes to pass because I'm a God of my word. I'm a covenant keeping God. Moses wrote in the book of Numbers about God. God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man, that he should change his mind. The God that we just worshiped today is never gonna change his mind about what he's promised you. If it's in the book, it's good. If it's in the Bible, it's solid. He's never gonna fail you, he's never gonna forsake you. You see, when I pray, I, my confidence is in him, in his promises, in his character, in his goodness. John said, I love this verse, it's worn out in my Bible, If we confess our sins, he is faithful. Everybody say he's faithful. And just to forgive us our sins. So that when we mess up, and we often do at least once a year, amen, and we go to God and we say, Lord, I confess my sin to you, we don't ever have to wonder if he's sitting there going, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do it this time. I might have changed my mind about this forgiveness thing. I might be rethinking and revisiting this whole thing on forgiveness. No, God never says that. He says, you come to me with your sin. You bring it to me and you say, God, I repent. And he is faithful. He is faithful to forgive you your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And boy, I love what Paul told young Timothy. I love this. He said, even when we are too weak to have any faith left, he remains faithful to us and will help us, for he cannot disown us because we are part of himself. And he will always, everybody say always, carry out his promises to us. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Come on everybody. He will always carry out his promises to us. And even when we're fainting and feel like we can't even pray, We're struggling, we're dragging our feet, our hands are hanging down. We feel weak and unable to take another step. He will not deny you because he can't deny himself because you are his bride and the two have become one. He will not walk out on you. This is our confidence in him. This is the confidence we have in him. Prayer is in him. The answers are in him. The power to execute it is in him. The promise maker is him. Then John tells us what kind of prayer God hears. The prayer that is prayed according to his will. Uh-oh. Now, now that's a little different than what you read about in Mark, where Mark says, whatever you want, ask, and you're going to get it. Now we have a condition added. We have the balance of the word of God. It's not whatever I can come up with in my mind, whatever I can imagine, God's gonna give it to me. But if we pray it according to his will, that's the balance to mark. Yeah, whatsoever things you pray, believe that you have them and you will receive them. That's true, but they must be prayed according to his will. So there's a condition to prayer. It must be in line with his will for us. When we ask something that God also wants for us, what he knows is best for us, those things that line up with his purpose and desire for us, those are the prayers he hears and answers. Prayer is not the act of twisting God's arm to do something he doesn't want to do or convincing him to do something that he doesn't consider best. Prayer is entering into the will of God for you and me and praying according to that will. And when we pray according to the will of God for us, that's the prayer we know, we know, we know he hears and we know, we know that he answers. Come on, everyone. Now, let me help you here. It's not that he doesn't hear us when we don't pray according to his will, he does hear us. God answers every prayer. I want you to say with me, God answers every prayer. He answers every prayer. Here's how he does it. Yes, no, you gotta be kidding me. No, I'm just kidding. I prayed a few prayers where I think God looked now and said, you gotta be kidding me, Wickwire, come on. But here's the deal. Yes, no, or wait. He answers every prayer with one of those three. Yes, no, or wait. If he says no, then rest assured, you didn't pray according to his will, and one day you're gonna thank him for not answering I said, one day you're gonna thank him. He didn't answer that prayer. You know, when I had children, they asked me for a lot of things. I looked at them and said, you gotta be kidding me. Or I just immediately knew that's a really bad idea. Now to my children, it was a great idea. But to me, it was a crazy idea or a terrible idea and it would have hurt them if I'd answered it. See, I can look back now, having walked with God most of my life, and I can tell you that there are prayers I just knew were his will that He didn't answer, and now, I thank God He did not answer them because I knew not what I asked for.
0: Today, in Pastor Jeff's message, we gained a profound insight into the ways God responds to your petitions. Sometimes He grants your requests directly, while other times He provides guidance and redirection. Embrace patience and trust in God's wisdom, knowing that He always hears and answers according to His perfect plan. May this message inspire you to deepen your faith and continue seeking God's will through prayer. Let His will be done above your own. Here's Diane with some more info about Hardwired. You've been listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Would you be interested in helping support this ministry as we further the gospel? All you have to do is text 817-484-4767 and enter the word GIVE to donate. We're so grateful for your continued support in listening to this program and also investing in the ministry. Once again, text GIVE to 817-484-4767 to GIVE. Here's Daniel one more time with a sneak peek about the next edition. Next time on Hardwired with Pastor Jeff, continue exploring the profound topic of how God answers prayer. You'll discover the various ways that God responds to your heartfelt petitions. Whether through direct provision, guidance, or waiting, you'll gain deeper insights into the mystery of divine responses. Join in and learn to trust in God's perfect plan and experience the transformative power of prayer in your life. It's an inspiring journey you don't want to miss. That's all we have for today's edition of Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you can download it from our website, hardwired.org. Be sure to tune in again as Pastor Jeff continues teaching through the book of Matthew, next time on Hardwired.